everybody. Um, welcome to another edition of Stock Talk. Uh, my name is Amin Reina. I'm an investment coach at uh, Sage Investors. And today I thought I'd talk a little bit about uh, Netflix. Uh, it's in the news. They reported their earnings earlier this week and it wasn't pretty. Uh, stock got killed, got, a, got taken out by another 12-13% the other day. So looking at that, I thought I'd uh, just take a little bit of a dive into it to see uh, what it's all about. And uh, if uh, the, the fall really justifies it. Um, Netflix obviously in the, amongst the uh, major disruptors of our time, the FANG stocks, of course, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google uh, are sort of the four horsemen of, uh, of disruption in our, in, our, in our society right now. Uh, thought I'd take a look at it and one of the things uh, one of the things I wanted to do and one of the things I do when I work with people in terms of analyzing companies analyzing stocks is at the end of the day it comes down to answering eight questions and so what I thought I'd do is just uh, when I looked at the stock I basically I asked myself these eight questions all the time so I thought I'd uh, take a look at them and take a look at it from the context of Netflix and see what uh, See if this is actually uh, an interesting opportunity right now to pick, the, pick up the stocks as it seems to be a little bit out of favor by the market. So let's get into it. So the first question I always ask myself is what the heck does it, what do they do? What, what are they all about? So if we all know what Netflix is, it's a streaming service, offers uh, uh, content in terms of movies and uh, video program, uh, movies, TV programs. Uh, both originally they create their own content and they also uh, I guess buy content from others and it's very it's streamable so you can it's on demand access at any time 24 7 um, they foster the whole concept of binge watching where you, where you can watch 50 episodes of, of uh, Breaking Bad without uh, breaking a sweat pretty basic concept it's uh, you know the disruption factor is just the whole on-demand kind of side and also getting access to this content from anywhere it's not about just being sitting at home watching TV you can watch your you watch your programs through Netflix through your phone through your through your tablet through I don't even know if you can do it through your watch but whatever um, that's what it's all about so who do they cater to? Question two I always ask is who are the customers? Who who buys this stuff? Well, anybody who watches TV, obviously, anybody who consumes video contents would be an interesting uh, uh, subscriber. Uh, subscriber. Question three: Will people buy? What question I ask is: Will people buy that pro this product over and over again? Well, it's a subscription-based product. Uh, you can opt out of it anytime you want, but uh, uh, if the content is good, then uh, people will come back. Uh, They'll come back and uh, buy it over and over again, and that's what you want to see from an investment perspective. If people are coming back and buying a product over and over again on a repeated basis, then that means more revenues and potentially more profits. And we'll get to profits in a couple of questions from now. Um, competition, question four that I ask. Who do they compete with? Well, they're pretty much competing with the traditional uh, content providers, i.e. the cable companies, the satellite companies, but they're also competing against other streaming companies uh, like uh, Amazon and in the case of Apple, um, offering a similar type of service and almost at a similar type of price point. So um, in terms of market share, uh, Netflix is the sort of the dominant player right now in the whole streaming, uh, streaming service concept. So uh, there's a message on my... Cut that off. Um, so what are we doing? So uh, yeah, so 
those are traditional ones. And now the traditional media forums are also coming in. Uh, for example, uh, the cable companies like here in Canada, uh, Rogers and uh, Shaw TV, they have their own versions of Netflix that they're trying to do to try to kind of get people away from uh, from Netflix and uh, Crave TV and Show Me are, are, are competitive products up here. So that's an element uh, to factor in. So there's some competitive pressures that Netflix faces. So from that perspective. Now question five, do they make money? And this is where they're interested, this is the interesting part here about the whole thing. Did a quick look at their financials and one of the things I, I work with and when I work with people is, is uh, making them be able to understand and to determine if, this if a company is creating tangible wealth. If a company is creating tangible wealth, uh, in other words, high economic profit, that tends to correlate pretty strongly with a stronger uh, share price. So when I looked at, so what's economic profit? It's basically taking the company's return on invested capital and comparing it with the company's cost of capital. If it's higher than the company's cost of capital, that means it's creating tangible wealth, and that's what you want as an investor. You want to be buying stocks of companies that create tangible wealth. So I looked at Netflix, and uh, I calculated their return on invested capital to be about 5%. Um, their cost of capital comes in around 10%. So if you look at that, um, this company is generating negative economic profit. So in other words, they're destroying wealth. They're burning through shareholder capital. Not a good thing. And so when I see that, I pretty much stop my eight questions. And uh, because what's the point of going further? If this company isn't creating tangible wealth, then why do I want to be putting my hard-earned money into a company and a product line and a service around that? So. Having said that, I would just stop right there. And from that perspective, I would consider Netflix to be not a really great investment because they can't, they've demonstrated they cannot create tangible profit. Um, so from that side. But if we go further, let's just go a little further. Just play along with me and just see what else we can come up with with this company. Question six that I always ask is like, what does their balance sheet look like? Who do they, where do they raise their money and who do they owe their money to? In the case of Netflix, they, about half of their money that they've raised is uh, through debt. So it's about a 50, uh, their debt equity ratio comes at about 0.5. So it's a bit high, um, but it's not surprising because uh, it's, a little, it's a little bit high actually for a, for a technology oriented type company. Um, but uh, so from that perspective, it's, it's okay, it's, it's, it's manageable. So from, from that side of it. Question seven, what are the quality, uh, the riskiness of the company? Um, again, going into the balance sheet, if you notice, I've looked at their assets and about half of the company's assets are intangible assets. So they're um, into things like uh, goodwill and uh, patents and, and things like that. Interesting thing about Netflix is the really whole business model for Netflix is, is around, not around subscribers. It's interesting this past week people have been, the analysts have been slamming the stock because their subscriber rates haven't been going up. Well, subscribers aren't really the end product. They are the end product, but what gets you high subscribers is meaningful content. And the problem really with the business model with Netflix is that they have to constantly be coming up with unique and uh, palatable and interesting content. Um, otherwise people are, why do people subscribe? So that the problem is to generate content, it's really expensive. So you could either buy it from other um, uh, media outlets by programming or you create your own. And more and more Netflix is starting to get into the whole creative uh, um, original content programming and you know House of Cards and uh, Orange is the New Black, um, Arrested Development was another one. Um, they're getting more and more 
into uh, the creative uh, generating their own content. So to kind of buffer this uh, demand that they have to do to burn cash to, to generate content. And so uh, that's the real challenge and I think that's the real risk of a company like this is that if they cannot get enough meaningful high quality programming, um, then who's going to bother subscribing to it? Why do I want to bother, you know, hook it up to a, uh, to a service to see a bunch of garbage programming? So, and why am I going to pay 10 bucks for that satisfaction? So that's a, a risk factor, I think, that will haunt, the, that haunts the company. Question eight um, that I always ask at the end of the day is, is the stock cheap? So if you look at their stock from a relative valuation, they're trading right now at 330 times. Their PE ratio is at 330. This thing is obscenely overpriced from, a, from, from that valuation perspective. If you look at it from a discounted cash flow perspective, I've seen numbers coming out there where the stock is valued coming in between 40 and $60. Stocks trading after the decline this past week, stocks trading around $95. So it's $95 trading right now. Stocks valued roughly between 40 and 60 bucks. Overvalued. This is a company that cannot create, has not done, has not creating tangible wealth, and it's overpriced. So you put those two elements together, and you get yourself. I would just basically pass. So, but it's interesting because, and this is the real challenge and the conundrum that people get into a trap with with investing. It's like they see a product like in a company like Netflix, and they use the product. And they say, "Oh yeah, this is a great product. I love using it." And it is. It's a really amazing service and it's so seamless and user-friendly to use and it has all those great qualities of it and it has some really good 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 content my kid i don't actually watch it as much i have it at home but i don't watch it as much but my kids for them it's great like they get all kinds of stuff and it's all on demand they don't have to wait for a certain time for it to come on it's perfect so the product's really great but the, you have to separate the fact that oh yeah this is a really good product but is the stock price do you just does the stock price justify the value that it's creating. And right now, this company is destroying wealth, it's generating negative economic profit, and it's selling um, at a cash flows, it's burning through a lot of cash, and uh, it's, selling at a, it's selling at a higher price than what its intrinsic value is. And so when you put all these elements together, it makes it saying, well, I think I'm gonna pass on, uh, on Netflix, even though the stock went down 13%. And you've heard me before talk a lot about um, Best times to buy stocks are when there's fear and when there's uh, a lot of blood on the street. So there's a little bit of blood on the street with Netflix, but again, you have to look at the fundamental business. Is this, com this company is not really creating wealth right now, and uh, from my perspective, and uh, it makes it really hard to justify buying the stock. So, um, so the, the, the moral of the lesson is you can have a really great, well-run company that has really generates really cool, really interesting products, but that doesn't mean you go out and buy the stock tomorrow um, because stock prices and business fundamentals, sometimes they don't go at the same level. And uh, to me, like a company like Netflix is just that kind of textbook example uh, of a great product, but not so great stock price. Okay, so that's all I got for you today. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to give me a shout. If you want to talk about some specific topic or something, feel free to give me a shout. Uh, you can hit me through my uh, Twitter account. Uh, my uh, handle is at Sage Investors. I tweet about all kinds of uh, market musings, daily market musings. I trade about, I trade, tweet about my own personal portfolios, what I'm doing with them, and my thought process, my mind mapping that I go through to to make the decisions I do. 
And also you can hit me through my website, www.sageinvestors.ca. And uh, hit me through an email there. I'd be happy to respond to your queries uh, for future episodes here of Stock Talk. So again, that's Stock Talk. Uh, my name is Armin Reina from Sage Investors. And thanks a lot. And uh, we'll catch you again another time.